You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. So let's let's begin this uh, episode talking about this winning streak. So like I said, the Knicks are the hottest team in the NBA. Since we recorded our last podcast episode, the team added two more wins uh, to complete their trip through the Midwest. Knicks completed a two-game sweep of the Chicago Bulls in Chicago and then rallied to beat the Pacers in Indiana on Sunday. Now the Knicks have won seven straight, the longest winning streak in the NBA this season. Tommy, what has surprised you most during this win streak? Two things. One, I was thinking about it and I wrote about it over the weekend. The wild thing to me about this winning streak is the Knicks haven't played like an A plus game yet. You know, like right. I think that's the, I think that's something that that I that you know would be one thing if they just like all of a sudden, you know, hit, you know, shot 70% from three one game and then had a defensive lockdown game. You know, like everybody's been consistent. And the next thing I'll talk about is Brunson, but just over in general, like the first few three or four games of, of the win streak, Brunson wasn't great. You know, he struggled a little bit. Randall's been a bit up and down. He's you know, he's posted some very solid numbers, had some defensive lapses, etc. RJ Barrett's definitely trending in the right direction but not quite as efficient as you hoped him to be. Um, he, even though he's had some great games, Emmanuel Quickly's actually really struggled to play. Yeah. Hardenstein hasn't given you much off the bench. Um, Sims hasn't really, you know, made the most of, of his minutes. Um, but it's everybody just kind of getting together. And that's the sign of a winning team. When one player struggles a little bit, you know, Grimes, you know, has 23 one night, then six the next night. But then yeah. RJ will step up and Randall have a really good game. Um, so it's 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 that kind of that kind of cohesion, you know, and 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 obviously defense has been the you know been, been the you know the something that has, has set the floor really high and allowed them to compete on a consistent basis. Um, and the other thing, obviously, is Jalen Brunson having a point guard, as we talked about coming into the season, and as as everybody recognized, a lack of a true point guard had really hurt the Knicks uh, for the better part of two decades. Um, but the Knicks finally have their point guard, um, Brunson. You know, playing at incredibly high level. This time last week, we were assuming um, that he would miss at least a couple games, maybe a couple weeks. Foot yes. was in a boot um, one week from, you know, a week ago today, um, you know, less than 24 hours before the start of that first Chicago game. Not only did he play, um, you know, he he he's played at an incredibly high level since that yeah. injury. Last three games, averaging 27.3 points, over five assists, shooting 51% from the floor, 67% from downtown, hasn't missed a free throw. Um, overall, during the New York seven-game win streak, um, he's made 31 of the 32 free throws he shot, uh, 15 of the 33 pointers, 30%. So um, facilitating the offense, setting up the offense, playing, you know, a, a incredibly efficient um, on his own shots and creating scoring opportunities for others um so i think those are the, my, my two big takeaways looking at the seven game picture as a whole one there's kind of room for improvement because they yeah. haven't had like that that really great game yet and two um the importance of Jalen brunson and, and a true point guard in today's nba no brunson has been just fantastic it seems like he's actually played better since the injury which is is wild to kind of think about during this win streak i think for me when i think of like one of the more surprising things I've seen from this next team is their ability to play what I would call complementary basketball. Now you hear that a lot when you get complementary football, where, you know, all three facets of the game kind of lift each other up and, you know, defense, offense, special teams, like in basketball, 
when I think of complimentary basketball, I think of how the Knicks have been able to win these games in a wide variety of ways. Sometimes when the defense has lacked like it was in the first game against Chicago, uh, the off the, the, the offense picks up. Jalen Brunson hits big shots. Quentin Grimes takes big shots. Oh, there have been games where maybe the offense isn't quite there, like in Indiana, where it's more of a kind of a, a, a no, not a 90s game, but like this, that was like kind of like a 2022 version of a 90s game, a little more low scoring, a little more nip and tuck, and their defense rises to the occasion. Brunson gets a big steal. They get a turnover on the last, especially even though Quentin Grimes made the mistake of course, picking the ball up in the worst spot to pick the ball up when he starts half court. But, you know, they, they got a bunch of defensive stops at the end of that game to win and seeing how they've been able to piece together these wins kind of however they need to. That's what I mean when I, I feel like I watch them. I feel like they're playing real complimentary basketball. It doesn't matter who gets it. It doesn't matter how they get there. At the end of the day, they're coming up with the score scoreboard and it's saying Knicks one score, other team less than them. And that's really all that matters. So their ability to do whatever it takes to win on any given night, despite not always having their best stuff has been very impressive during the stretch. Definitely. Uh, and, and you mentioned it's 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 the it, and it seems like they're playing for each other, the right attitude. Um, and again, you know, we, we can circle back to Brunson. I think, you know, a lot of talk about, you know, a culture changer, somebody that can, you know, can really impact the not only the, the play on the floor, but the attitude and the approach of the team off the floor. Um, and, and Tibbs gets credit for, for staying the course and, and adjusting his rotations. Um, and also Brunson for, I think, just he gives a belief in, to, in a team. Um, and, uh, you know, I mentioned the, the, the stats for Brunson. It's not only that he's scoring 27 points a game, it's the it's when he scores them, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, third in the league in clutch points a season. He has 60 points in the clutch, um, you know, shooting uh, 50% in the clutch. It's just, you know, everything. And and the, the Pacers game was a perfect example. Knicks go down six. Um, uh, just under two minutes left in the uh, left in the fourth quarter, Brunson comes down, knocks down a three pointer, cut the lead to three. Next uh, defensive possession for the Knicks runs into the passing lane, gets the layup on the other floor, cuts the lead to one, and now it's a winnable game. Um, so again, it's he's not only playing well, he's playing well when it matters most. Um, and you know, last season, how many times would the Knicks take a you know get get a gut punch like you know like they did against the Pacers and fall down? late in the fourth quarter and then just fold like a, like a, you know, like a tank on a a windstorm. This Knicks team, um, at least of late over the last two weeks, and a lot of it's because of Brunson just has that, you know, that, that um, internal fortitude that, that you really like to see from a team. Yeah. In this, this seven game winning streak, you feel like the previous Knicks team from last year, maybe even 2021 doesn't win that game against the Pacers doesn't win the first game against Chicago in overtime yeah. and probably doesn't win the first game that actually sparked this winning streak, which was the game against Cleveland. Yes. Remember, Knicks had a big lead in that game, and the Cavs started to make a comeback. Brunson hit a big shot in that game as well um, to kind of stave off a, a Cavs comeback. Those are games that you just – you've seen the Knicks blow over and over and over again. And I think you've seen the difference of what happens when you do have uh, top-notch point guard play. And, and we've seen that during during this uh, during this win game, ten game, seven-game win streak for sure. Uh, you're listening to the Orange and Blue Buzz podcast, an Odyssey original WFAN original podcast. You can catch this, uh, all these episodes, wherever you get your podcast. That includes the Odyssey app, which is free, and anywhere else you get your podcast. Whenever you listen to it, make sure you get, hit the auto download feature so you get these episodes whenever we drop. And make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and comment about what you think about these episodes. Let's talk about 
this uh, this win against the Pacers they had um, because it was a dramatic win. <laughs> there were multiple times where I wasn't sure they were going to be able to pull this one out. What were some of your big takeaways from that W on Sunday? Yeah, you know, I, I think we mentioned it. Um, the, the play down the stretch from Brunson, um, again, just something that stabilizes when things get a little, seem like they're about to get off kilter a little bit. Things might start slipping away. Um, he's the guy that the team turns to and say, hey, we need a bucket. Can you get us one? Um, and, um, you know, I think the players that bought into that, Randall looks for him. Um, in, yeah. in years past, you know, we've, we've seen Randall, you know, jab, step, force a contested, you know, shot. And it's, it's, it's happened here and there. Um, but I think we can slow but surely see um, that the team's faith um, it, it's easier to keep faith when you have a guy that you can trust a guy that you know is going to take care of the basketball a guy that you know if it isn't going to get his own shot is going to set up a teammate um, and then just the, the other thing we talked about is other players chipping in in timely fashion Grimes was relatively quiet most of the night yes played solid on the defensive end as we expect um, but I think only had one bucket prior to the, the final couple of minutes at that big three-pointer um, you know it, it just kind of goes to show that this team is willing to do what it takes um, you know to, to get get the W and, and get some defensive, uh, you, know, you know, get some defensive stops. And the other thing I'll mention from the Pacers game, certainly credit where credit is due, Julius Randle's defensive switching onto Tyrese Halliburton yeah. uh, in, in two possessions late in the fourth quarter. He was basically isolated on an island. Um, I was upset that Grimes didn't, you know, get, get over the screen. He had fought through so many throughout the game. Um, but, the, you know, as, as, as it were, Randall ended up being isolated on the perimeter with Tyrese Halliburton, um, you know, one of the, the, you know, rising stars in the NBA um, and prevented Halliburton from scoring on both occasions. So, um, you know, credit to uh, for Randall for those for those defensive stops as well. Yeah, definitely credit to Julius Randall, not only for those defensive stops. He also had some monster free throws. I yes. mean, he made six in a row in a minute, yep. I think. Yep. And the Knicks needed essentially all of them. I guess technically yep. needed two, I mean, four of the six. But he made those free throws. He kept the pressure on Indiana to have to continue to score. And that's huge because also how many games have we seen in the past where the Knicks have those big free throw moments? And whether it's been Randall or R.J. Barrett, most of the time in those moments, they've missed one, missed a couple. And then we've seen those games uh, go awry. That's, that's kind of when you know things are really going well for this team when you see – uh, things like that happening. Randall stepping up and making those free throws was 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 crucial. Um, so not only his defense, but the free throw making was was a big key in that win. I uh, just love the resilience. They were again multiple times in that fourth quarter, especially after the Buddy Hill three over RJ, where you're like, okay, this is probably gonna get away from here. But they just stuck to it. Um, and I think there's a a, a level of belief. And uh, I saw Rebecca Harlow talked about it a little bit in the Chicago game, the second game. She said, Quinn, she said to Quinn Grimes. Quinn Grimes says that we feel like. Uh, there's a belief that we can kind of beat any team and play against any and win any game we're in, which is a little, I mean, he's a young player. I was a little surprised to hear him say that that wasn't the case last year, <laughs> but, but, uh, but the fact that he did admit that I think does show that they're at a, a different point um, in this, in this new era or this new Jalen Brunson era that we're in. So the Knicks uh, win that game one Oh nine, one Oh six. There was some, some controversy in the post game. If you watched MSG, um, I'm going to try to play you the audio here. It is uh, Wally Zerbiak, who's a Knicks uh, analyst on, on the pregame and postgame show. Um, Halliburton, you know, missed a couple of shots against Julius Randle, and then he missed a half-court shot to uh, try to send it to overtime. Wally Zerbiak was a very interesting commentary regarding uh, Halliburton's miss. So I'm going to play that for you guys, and I want to hear what you, I want to hear what you guys what you, 
Got one point game, 18 seconds left. Step back. Mr. Supposed wannabe fake all-star with the big miss there. And then the rebound by Randall. And then Randall iced the game with all the free throws. Last chance down three for the wannabe all-star. Let me keep it that way. He's in his second year. He's a very good player. He's not going to make the all-star team. A guy like Julius Randall or Jalen Brunson will make it over Tyrese Halliburton. Third year. Tonight we saw yeah. why. Oh, it's his third year? Third year, yeah. Yes, you're right. Okay. Right. Got one point. Wow. <laughs> Want to be all-star. Tell us, how you really, tell us how you really feel, Wally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my my goodness there. Want to be all-star. So, now, I've seen various fans comment on this. Uh, Halliburton Hall actually liked the tweet this morning um, talking about this. Kyle Kuzma uh, tweeted that, you know, Wally was hating and, and people have been upset about these comments from Wally Zerbiak. So, what I think people are missing, and I think even I miss – in the initial context is I kind of have forgotten how much Halliburton has talked about the Knicks over the past few years. And this is a team that the Knicks uh, were interested in him. It was a guy that a lot of people thought Knicks should have targeted. People still say Knicks should have drafted. And in these matchups against the Knicks, he's talked about how he's wanted to quote, make them pay and make them think about um, not picking him. So he has taken some slick shots at the Knicks over the years. And because so much has happened over the years, there's this Trey Young beef, there's all this, the, the mess with the front office, and there's a lot that's happened. I think a lot of people aren't paying attention to anything involving Halbert except for complaining that he's not a Nick. I think a lot of people have forgotten some of the stuff he said. And I think Wally's not forgotten, clearly, because he wanted to make it known that he's not an all-star. And I now have learned that Wally, unlike what I would have assumed, is probably the only person who cares about all-star appearances more than EJ Stewart. <laughs> I talked about how EJ cares about all-star appearances more than anybody. Clearly, I'm wrong, because Wally wanted to make it very clear that Halliburton should not be picked and that he's a, quote, wannabe all-star. Um, any thoughts on what happened with this, Tommy? Uh, first of all, let's let's acknowledge the fact that Tyrese Halliburton is playing at an incredibly high level. A great um, season. A great season. Yeah. Um, almost 20 points per game, leading the league in assists, 10.7 assists per game, 1.7 steals, um, shooting 47% from the floor, 39% from downtown, 88% from the free throw stripe. Um, despite leading the league in turnovers uh, at 10.7, uh, less than three turnovers per game, only 2.7. He had a stretch earlier uh, the season when he actually had 40 – over three-game stretch, 40 assists versus zero turnovers. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, we can talk about – about all-stars you know later in the year but yeah. um if i had to pick one player to to, to represent the east of the all-star game i'm taking halliburton over randall as of right now um their their, re their records are relatively similar um and Halliburton has been the by far and away the best player in his team, whereas Randall has been the second best player in his team. But again, as you noted, a lot of it has to do with positioning and the fan votes yeah. and the two extras and injuries and, and all that other stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was surprised to hear Wally's comments. Um, and then as, as far as Halliburton chirping about the Knicks, I, there, there have been some comments in the past. But the other thing is how much um, is that how much of that is a result of him being asked about the Knicks, you know, of course, um, yeah. and, and, and every good player is going to tell you, um, you know, these guys were drafted ahead of me. Any player that slipped even a little bit in the draft, you know, um, my guy, uh, I'm on Ross and Brown from, from my lions um, can mention every of each of the 14 receivers drafted ahead of him two years ago. So um, yeah. we've seen this in the past Draymond green, for instance, I think can name all 34 players drafted ahead of him off the top of his head. Um, so if you're a competitive player that, that is playing at an elite level, 
And that's what you have to do to make it to the NBA, be one of the 450 players in the league. Um, you're going to have a chip on your shoulder. These guys find ways um, to create chips, even if they aren't there, um, as, as Michael Jordan defined for us in, in, in that great <laughs> last shot documentary. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Wally, um, but then again, you know, and, and a lot of a lot of people were taking shots at Wally, said he went overboard. Listen, it's an MSG postgame broadcast. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's an employee of MSG. Um, should he probably be a little bit more subjective? I guess, you know, but listen, yeah. Nick fans are watching, you know, he's not on ESPN. Um, and even then, you know, you get first take that the hot take artists um, that, that are going to want to, you know, you know, say something for, for the sake of for, for of a controversial take. So, um, I'm, I, you know, I, it doesn't move me. You know, I'm, I'm not upset by it one way or the other. But um, what about yourself? What's your, uh, your take? Yeah, I mean, I feel like <laughs> while he go a little bit far probably i mean first of all how burton is i will certainly i think you know a star if you keep playing like this but even beyond that it was a little personal sure but i mean at the end of the day like his you know his check is cut by james stone i mean he yep. works for msg and and it is a Knicks show and he again he clearly has not forgotten some of the stuff that hal burton has said over, over the years uh i at the end of the day i think it's all in good fun i i think sometimes we get a little too um too wrapped